Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. And it's a special edition of Mentor, and I think it's important to meet with you. I mean, I have quite a bit I want to talk to you about. You've got a long title these days, so probably start off with your title. What is your title? Sure. Yes, I'm Assistant Minister to the Prime Minister for Mental Health and Suicide Prevention. Right. That's the Assistant Minister to the Prime Minister for Mental Health Health and Suicide Prevention. Correct. And I think that that part's quite an interesting thing to put on the end of it. Um. You are the local member for the Rusby area. So yep. what, what's your area called? Uh, it's called Banks. It Banks. takes in uh, about two-thirds St George and about one-third of southern Bankstown area. And I have to declare I've known David for a long time. He's a good bloke. Um, he Many, many years ago he was on the board of Yellowbrick Road um, as a representative for the uh, Nine Entertainment Corporation or the Channel Nine Group at that time. And uh, and I've known him ever since. And uh, by the way, his background is not public service or political. His background's more e-commerce, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. So I was head of digital and strategy for Nine. So yeah. early days of the internet yeah. and I was chairman of Nine MSN and uh, when we introduced digital TV channels and so digital generally. I've, I've always, was always intrigued. I never really got yeah. a chance to ask you because you left our board when you decided to make, change, your, change your path. But never really got a chance to ask you, why did you decide to go into politics and be your local member for a start? Yeah, well, I think if you, if you want to make a – it brought a contribution to the community. There's no question that federal government is a very big part of that. The size of it is huge. The breadth of what you can do is huge. And so I thought I really liked my job at nine, but I thought, well, if I want to make a broader contribution to the community, federal government is a really good way of doing that. Um, and so that's what I did. As I said, I was, I was happy at nine, but um, obviously government provides such a broad opportunity to, uh, you know, to hopefully – Achieve things and make a difference. It's a massive. Would have been a massive pay cut. I know it would have been. Yeah, um, that's you fair. Know, rel- relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so therefore you must have had a a calling. Felt as though you had a calling to represent your area. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I start. Th- yeah. I, I felt that um, whilst I liked what I did at nine, at the end of the day, it was only about nine. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. But um, whereas you know, in federal government, you know, there's such a breadth of things. You know, mental health, which I'm doing now, but Right across the you know economic areas and uh, you know foreign affairs, defence and so on. It's just such a huge field, and uh, yeah, I wanted to contribute. Um, and I felt at the time that um, things could be better than they were in the country, and so 
wanted to sort of put my hand up and, and say I'd like to be a part of this. So mental health and suicide prevention, it was a portfolio created during COVID, I think. Yeah, that's right. So, so I've just wh- been doing this since December. And why it? Yeah, well, look, something the PM's really passionate about, um, has been for a long time and, and the government's done a lot in this area over the years. And I think where the PM got to is to say, well, look, we should have a role that's purely focused on mental health and suicide prevention. A lot of it is within the, I guess, traditional health area, but not all of it is. So there's issues around the education system, um, digital and its impact on mental health of kids, um, you know, social services, whole range of different things. And so what the PM wanted to do is you know, bring that all together under one person um, working with him. And importantly, as you mentioned at the start, it's mental health and suicide prevention. Obviously, there's an overlap between mental health and suicide prevention, but suicide prevention um, is not just about the mental health system. It's also about other broader things we can do in the community to encourage people to speak up and help people to, to help others. Give us a little bit of an inside run on this, mate, because, I mean, the PM, I know the PM, not as well as you, but I know the PM, um, he's different in person to what we see on his Instagram and television when he presents the press club, presents presents in parliament, he's the PM. He's playing the game there. I mean, and I don't mean that in a downgrading way. I just mean there is a game to play there. There is a process whereby you've got to act and operate. So when you said the PM thought it was an important thing to create this ministry, this or this special portfolio. How does that happen, David? Give us a little yeah, no, look behind the no, door. It's a, it's a good question. Obviously, as a PM, you get lots of advice from lots of people, but ultimately, you know, you make the calls. In this case, it was a discussion we had and we talked about- um, You and he. Yeah, and we talked about these issues and, you know, how important they are and it's something, as I said, that he has emphasised since he became uh, Prime Minister and there's been lots of investment in different mental health programs over the last few years. Uh, and he decided that he wanted to have uh, someone purely focused on this issue. Um, one of his uh, really important goals that he set for the government is to drive the rate of suicide down towards zero. It's obviously a you know very ambitious goal, but something he feels very passionately about. And I think, like you know, many of us who are uh, who are parents and who are seeing that uh, mental health issues in the community, um, not just during COVID. I mean, COVID exacerbated those issues and made them worse, but there's been an increasing trend in mental health issues, particularly amongst young people in recent years, and he's concerned about that. And so he wants to, uh, you know, do everything we can to address that. And first thing, we, first thing I did in the role was work on a big package, $2.3 billion package that we uh, announced in the budget around some of these issues. This is a special portfolio. This has been created by the Prime Minister. Yeah. You know, like the guy gets a pretty bad time, in my opinion. Anyway, I'm a fan of Morrison. I don't mind saying that straight up, but but at the same time, you know, fair's fair. Like you got to give him some credit where where it's due. So, how was two point three billion dollars worked out, and and what's the process of getting that money allocated, and who do you have to go and pitch to and convince? Yeah, yeah. No. So basically, we've had a couple of big reports on the mental health system. So Productivity Commission and PM's got a National Suicide Prevention Advisor, Christine Morgan, they've done a lot of work about the system, the issues in the system, how it could be improved. And so what we did is we went through those reports and we said, okay, what are the most important things that are going to have the biggest impact? We basically came up with five things. So early intervention and prevention, so act earlier, help people before conditions get more severe and acute, obviously makes sense. Um, Suicide prevention generally, 
Um, we want to make universal the care for people who are discharged from hospital after a suicide attempt. Yep. Um, at the moment, it's not universal. Only about half of people in that situation get ongoing care. It should be everyone. Um, treatment. So we got half a billion dollars to create a new network of adult mental health centres called Head to Health, more money for Headspace, range of other things in treatment, helping vulnerable groups like Indigenous Australians where tragically there's very high rates of mental health distress and suicide. Um, and finally, some technical stuff around workforce and governance, which are sort of the enablers to make the system work. Because if you don't have the workforce, you obviously can have the best designed system in the world, but you've got to have the, the workers and you've got to evaluate the system better because um, historically the system hasn't had as much rigour in the evaluation of different programs as it, as it could have. So basically we came up with that uh, package working you know, very closely with uh, Greg Hunt as well. And then we go to the budget process and then we say, look, this is what we want to do. This is why we think it's important. And then you go through that, uh, that process and it involves the PM and the Treasurer and uh, other ministers and you, you need to convince them of the importance of the issue and why we should uh, do it. And uh, we, were, we were successful in getting, getting approval for that package. So is, is, a, is there a trade-off though? I mean, do you, are you arm wrestling with people? I mean, do you actually get res- – oh, I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm not being saying people are, are being insensitive to the issue. Yeah, well, it's a pretty rigorous process because, yeah. you know, obviously there's, you know, lots of portfolios that are seeking money for different things. You've got to be able to justify it. You've got to have, um, you know, strong data to back it up. You've got to be able to articulate why it's important. Um, so in some ways, it's a bit like presenting to a board, I guess, um, yeah. which you know, I guess I've you know done quite a bit of over yep, the years. Totally. Um, and uh, and you go through and you get tough questions, and uh, you know, it's it's pretty rigorous process. And so and that obviously you work with the public servants to develop the the all the documentation and so on that's required. Um, and then if you're successful or whatever you're successful in getting approved, it's you know included in the budget package. That money then gets allocated, and then it's about implementing it and getting it done. It's a lot of money to spend. Uh, over what period of time is it? Two point. It's over four years. Okay, four years. So let's call it five hundred plus a year. Um, how are you going with uh, spending the money? Yeah, well, it's early days because we, you know, obviously that scales over time. But um, yeah, so it's not five hundred a year. No, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. it's a more scale back ended. Yeah. yeah, it scales more than that. But no, no, well, we've got some. Big stuff happening at the moment. So I mentioned the head to health centres. Yeah, so this, I'd like to know about that. Where are? Yeah, where? How yeah, does that roll? Yeah. So basically, the first of those will open uh, literally in the next month or two. So very soon. Including what, what is it? So what it is? It's a centre where you can go and get free mental health support, and it's not just one or two doctors or psychologists. It's a big team of people. What they call a multidisciplinary team. So some clinical support, so doctors, et cetera, but non-clinical support too, social workers, people with lived experience of uh, mental health issues and so on. One of the issues in the mental health system at the moment is people often feel that they have to go to five different places and tell their story five different times. What these head-to-health centres will be about is tell your story once, go to one place and one team with different skills in that team that can help you. So it's a really big thing that we're doing with Head to Health. Um, it's about half a billion dollars over the next four years. And just as people know Headspace today as a place for young people to go, teenagers and young adults, over time, Head to Health will become the same thing uh, for adults. And uh, so that's really important. And the other thing we're doing at the same time, we're 
working on. Where is that going to be? That uh, so it'll be right around the country. No, the first uh, uh, pe- there'll be one in Penrith. There's one opening soon in Darwin. Yep, uh, and a range of other places you, around the country. Got them around the country. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. There'll be there'll be many around and the how, country. How will let's say I'm suffering from. If I, I feel a bit, I don't know if I'm suffering mental health, but I've, I don't feel great. Yeah. I've just been through the COVID period. My business has been locked down. Yeah. My staff have, et cetera, et cetera. Everything's just gone, yeah. just turned to shit for me. Yeah. By the way, everyone's sort of, you know, hooraying uh, how good it is. That- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We were, you know, we were double dosed, double vaccinated, and yeah. we're all up free. Business sort of back to getting back to normal, but there's a lot of people who are sort of are left by the wayside. So there's there's one eight hundred number that you'll be able to call. That uh, that's about to be released. Uh, yeah, well, it's actually already existing for some. We did some pop up head to health clinics during COVID. So for instance, in Sydney, about six weeks ago, uh, we opened ten uh, pop up clinics. So effectively smaller versions of the big head yep. health centres that we're working on. So there's one in you know, uh, uh, Lakemba, there's one in Hurstville, there's a range around, of Sid- around Sydney. Um, and so we can get, we can get that, that, uh, that number to you. But people will be able to call that number for head to health. Um, it'll be staffed by clinicians and people who will be able to allocate you to the right place and get you the right support. Because as I mentioned before, one of the problems in the system at the moment is it can be disjointed. Um, that people can struggle to get the right advice about where to go at the right time, who to see, and that's one of the issues we want to address with with. So, what will be my experience? I walk into one of these centres. Yeah. So you'll go along. You'll you'll talk. You have an introductory uh, discussion with, with someone. With- uh, it, it could be a GP. It could be a psychologist. It could be a social worker. Um, and you'll talk through how you're feeling and mm. the issues. And then what that centre will do is take responsibility for working with you as one team um, and seeking to assist you through through the issues. Now, in some cases, if it is a really, you know, very severe or acute issue, that person might need to be referred on to, to hospital or to other severe and acute services. But for people who are in the community um, but who need more support uh, than p- perhaps, a, you know, a monthly checkup with their psychologist, that's what Head to Health Centres will provide. There's a lot of research that says multidisciplinary teams, so this team-based approach is the way to go. And people have been calling for this sort of approach for a long time. And what we've said in the budget with Head to Health is we agree. Team-based care is the way to go, and that's what we're going to deliver through Head to Health, and it's going to become a really big part of our mental health landscape. And, and one thing to mention as well is at the same time, we're building out Head to Health digital platform. 
So the first beta version of this will launch uh, in the first half of next year. And basically what that will be is a digital platform also called Head to Health, where we'll be able to go get information about you know, different conditions and how they may apply to you, local services that are available in your area, but importantly, also get support delivered digitally. So it might be- Telehealth. Yeah, it might be telehealth, but it might also be chat sessions. It might be um, you know, other, other forms of uh, digital um, therapy, because obviously that's a huge uh, growth area. A lot of people, especially young people, you know, might not want to go straight away to a physical meeting. They might, might want to get help digitally. The research says, you know, put centres in maybe in Penrith or wherever, you, you know, you would have yep. done the research as to where the hotspots yep. are. Yep. But what does the research say about actually getting, if I'm a person not feeling great, actually how do you get me there? Yeah. What does the research say about yeah. actually getting yeah. me to get off my ass? I'm a bloke. Uh, we don't ever tell anyone we're, we're not feeling good. Uh, we never want to admit defeat or whatever. How do you get me there? I, I'm, I'm glad you raised that. The, the issue of getting people to talk is hugely important because the research shows that getting help helps. And, and it's not always in a clinical environment. It doesn't have to be a doctor. Just telling someone how you feel. It might be a friend, might be a brother, might be a dad, whoever. Really important. And it's particularly important for men. Yep. So there's a lot of... Uh, Programs that we do in supporting things like Are You OK Day, supporting a whole range of different organisations like Beyond Blue that encourage people to, to come forward. And it's particularly important for men. So men represent three quarters of suicides, but only one third of mental health appointments in the Medicare system. So what that tells you is, you know, men are coming forward less, but are taking their own lives at a, at a you know, a very disturbing rate. I gave a speech a couple of months ago about this issue of uh, of suicide, and I look back at the data right back to 1907 that we've got in Australia, and what it shows is that that rate of men being about three quarters of suicides is reasonably consistent right across the century. It goes up and down a little, but reasonably consistent. And so what that tells you is this is a really, really significant issue. Um, we've got to do everything we can to encourage men to, to speak up, to help other men who might be feeling a bit down. It's why organisations like Men's Sheds are so important, um, lots of different community groups that are encouraging men to come forward. We've got a big um, funding round for suicide prevention grants coming up soon, and a key part of that will be programs that are around encouraging you know, men to speak up and helping men. Um, but the, the, the theme is that it's important to talk, it helps to talk, and you don't have to be, you know, a medically trained professional. Uh, conversations help. If you're really concerned about someone, obviously try to refer them on to professional support, but talking helps. And, you know, and it happens in the workplace too. You know, I think for people that, that might be, um, you know, listening to the show who are in small business or running their own businesses, if you create an environment in the workplace where people feel like it's okay to say, you know what, I'm really struggling. You know, things are really hard at the moment. It's affecting my work. I just want to be upfront about it. But people feel comfortable about that. That's so important because if people don't feel that and they feel that, oh, gee, you know, that's not going to be so good for me uh, in a work sense, then obviously they're probably going to be less likely to come forward and, um, and that may well not be in their interest. So the, and there's some good um, resources for business people. There's a website we've got called Ahead for Business that talks about things that people can can do in the workplace to encourage that. 
but it's something that everyone can do that's practical um, because those conversations do help. I think that allocated money is in good hands, in your hands. I don't mind saying this. I mean, I know you are very, you are genuinely um, not obsessed, but a genuinely extraordinarily interested and committed to this program. Probably the biggest um, challenge you're going to have is actually telling people about it. But the question is, are the people who need to know about it listening? So I'm happy to offer myself. If you run a run a marketing campaign, I'll do it for free. Happily get up there and tell people that they should reach out because I really believe in it, especially for the small business community, the business community who have been probably extraordinarily, a lot of them have been extraordinarily um, mentally affected. I know now, looking back to say five months ago, I was not suffering, but I, was, I wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. I now know. I yeah. didn't know at the time. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I wouldn't have known who to talk to. Mm. And I'm one of those mm. blokes who mm. won't talk to someone because you can't mm. show vulnerability. Mm. But I think it's – but I actually experienced my own business. Quite a few senior people in my business, mm. you know, they talk about the, the – what are they calling it? The great uh, retrenchment or the great whatever the thing is everyone's going to leave their businesses because of the COVID stress. I've actually seen some very important senior people in my businesses put up their hand and say, I've had enough. I've got mm. to go. Mm. And, and, I, and I never couldn't see it in the first place. Um, and yeah. uh, so I'm happy to help if you guys want me to help. But they just need – Maybe one person say it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. not a problem. I've yeah. I've, I've experienced. I, th- I now know I've experienced myself. I didn't know, but I've now yeah. know I experienced myself. Yeah, and, and 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 yeah, it's it's okay not to be okay. You know, that's the, it's normal. It, it's totally that's right. And and every conversation where that's emphasised helps. You know, yeah. and and I think a, some sort of proof of that is if you look at kids, teenagers, young adults today. There's much less stigma in that generation in particular around mental health issues than yeah. there were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So that's good. So, and that's part of that is because that generation has grown up where we do talk more about mental health. Whereas for, you know, you and I who are a little older, um, that wasn't the case when we, we were young. Particularly coming from the West Suburbs. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where we come from because well, it's uncool. Well, well, I think generally I think there's been, and, and there still is stigma about mental health, not as bad as it was, but there still is stigma. And so- through whatever channels we all have, the more we can encourage people to step up and talk, you know, the better. You know, we did see last year obviously a, a, a significant increase in mental health distress, but we did see the rate of suicide actually come down by about 5% yeah. from 2019 to 2020. And, and it, you know, we obviously have to be ever vigilant about that and keep working at that. But uh, it, it's so important that, all of these different activities and all of these conversations, I think, do contribute to an environment where more people talk about it. Talking's good, uh, and and can can assist people in getting through the sorts of issues that you know almost everyone faces. You know, one of the things I've found in this job is when I talk to people about mental health, almost everyone has an experience related to mental health or the mental health system. It might be themselves, it might be a family member. But historically, we haven't talked about it that much, um, even though it's always been there. And so the more we have these sorts of conversations, encourage people to step up, um, you know, having, you know, someone such as yourself um, speaking up about the importance of these issues is, is fantastic and, you know, much appreciated And uh, because communicating about these issues and the importance of getting help is, is really important. So when you get your Penrith one up, I'd like the opportunity to uh, maybe go through the process. Very well for someone like me, go, oh, yeah, you should do it. I'm going to say, no, I've been through the process yeah. and I've actually experienced it mm-hmm. and I might even try the telehealth one too because mm-hmm. I'm being a telehealth. I love telehealth. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's a great initiative. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you being a 
an e-commerce digital guy. I'm sure you'd love mm-hmm, it too. Mm-hmm. And what's important here is all very well to come with the ideas and it, all, it looks, sounds great, but you've got to make it work. Mm. And here's a bloke who can make it work. I mean, because it, you are applying sort of business principles to government policy. Uh, yeah, well, well, that's right. You've got to get the approval to do the thing, but then you've got to do the thing. Yeah, you've got to do the thing, 100%. And, and that's, that's what we're doing. And there's no agenda. So David Coleman, Assistant Minister to the PM, looking after mental health and suicide prevention. By the way, most importantly, with a budget and with a will and with the ability to execute. Thanks, David Bond. Thanks, Mark. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. Listener.